is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. My name is Jason. <laughs> and I'm Karen. And this is The Talking Dead, number 163 for Friday, May the 2nd, 2014. May the 2nd. Yeah, it's almost May the 4th, but it's May the 2nd. May the 2nd be with you. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you can hear, we've got Jason and Karen from The Walking Dead cast on. Welcome to the show, you Hello. guys. Thank you. You're at 164. Oh. Have you guys started thinking about... 200 <laughs> um no actually we haven't we, we uh, recently it's, passed I guess it's a ways away yeah we passed 150 and didn't really do anything special uh mm. so 200 i guess would be the next major milestone but yeah one 163 did i say 164 or three i i don't remember that was so long ago you're supposed to I, be... I said that i was going to remember this but apparently i can't even remember the last 15 20 karen, seconds karen what was it 164 <laughs> Really? Oh, well. I, think, I don't know. I have a brain like a sieve. Everyone knows that. <laughs> all right. So are, are you guys tired of this yet? No. <laughs> no, I mean, not that, at all. Not the last Not this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this particular one so far, so good. I don't know. Um, uh, no, not really tired of it at all. How about you guys? No, I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm not. No, I w I'm totally shocked. I thought I would. I'm tired of the editing part, but not the talking. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of preparation, and then there's the fun part, and then uh, and then there's the editing and the releasing and all that, which isn't as fun. But you know what has been mm -hmm. great for us, or at least me this year, is that our show's grown. You know, we have a lot of stuff going on on Facebook, and the more interaction I get with the, the listeners... That's the most fun part, and that's what yeah. has really expanded this year. So that is the best part of it, of doing it, I think. And I and I even Me. posted something on Facebook, yeah, which is an extreme extreme rarity. What well, would you post? It must have been really big and important. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I posted a picture of me working in uh, my garage on a woodworking project, and uh, so totally irrelevant. And but... yeah, and I announced uh, we announced uh, our "Ask Us Anything" uh, episode, which we did recently, which uh, listeners came and uh, you know posted questions about anything about uh, the Walking Dead, about our personal uh, lives, uh... and we just answered uh, all kinds of random questions, and that was uh, that did was a you... lot of fun. Did you answer all of them? I believe so. Did they get risque? No, not really. The um, answers did a little bit, but the questions weren't particularly <laughs> risque. Well, somebody asked us about our most embarrassing moment, and we both had stories. Right. So, uh, you know, it was it was fun. It was. Uh, I get I get questions all the time from people, uh, so I figured it was a fun thing to do. Is just throw it out there, and people can ask us yeah. whatever they want, and and that's it. So a lot of people want to know how we met <laughs> you know right. why we started internet doing this. dating right were you dating yeah, it was dating, it was right? internet dating uh yeah we we met on a, a podcaster's dating website <laughs> it's nice that That's you're so still sweet. friends yeah isn't that nice you're making it work That's right. <laughs> even though it didn't work out no it didn't work out no and now we're stuck together here <laughs> yeah. podcasting you're married he's your he's your podcast husband that's yeah, right i guess so right <laughs> All right, or wife. so or wife, one of us. <laughs> but he has to be the wife. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> All right, 
So this is going really great so far. <laughs> so so far great. Do you want to talk about drinking or something? I mean, no. No. Uh, all right. What you we are in Chicago or <laughs> yeah, that was that whole thing. What we are actually here to do is our season four wrap up crossover spectacular, and Yay. yeah, and so the way this works is that it's a top ten sort of stuff and things or or. Uh, talking points about season four and we're going to do the first half of them on our show and the second half will be on the walking dead cast which you can get over on uh, walkingdeadcast.com mm -hmm. so you know this feels a little bit different this guy this year guys because i i realized a little while ago that i think this is the first one we've done where we've all met in real life now that's true yeah, all the all right. the previous Aww. ones uh, were just uh, you know voices over the internet, but uh, you know last October we actually had the uh, we had the chance to to meet each other in in meet mm -hmm. space, and that was really really nice. <laughs> it was it was so fun being on yeah. stage all together. It's crazy. Yeah, it was good. It's yeah. it's nice to put voices to the or faith or voices to the voices. No faces, faces to, the voices. to the voices. Yeah. You know, I still can't do that. <laughs> I met you. I hung out with you. I had drinks with you. I still can't do that. Yeah. Well, she has no idea what you look like. Yeah, <laughs> um, we'll have to do it. Again you guys sometime. didn't look like what I thought you would look like. Yeah, we had uh, you know we had perfect faces for radio. I was like, oh, it's uh, no, yeah, I'm just kidding. No, no, I know you just, I, you know, I guess that always happens. You picture somebody differently. It's the way it goes. I, I'm used to it though. My, I, my dad was in radio. So all growing up, everyone always said to me, man, your dad doesn't look anything like he sounds. So, right. All the time. It's just the way it goes. You're like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Should we get started with our top 10? I think we should. I think yeah. we should. Let's do it. All right. I say ladies first. So, Jason, go right ahead. All right. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, okay, number Jason's 10. Jason's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here goes nothing. My number 10 is, for season four, Michonne. And out of all the characters, I thought hers was the one that grew and transformed the most out of all the characters during season four. I mean, from the very first shot, remember in episode one, when she rides, rides up charging in on the horse, and she has comics for Carl and a razor for Rick, and she's just wonderful, and I love her. I've loved her from the very start, and I just thought that her character blossomed this um, this uh, season, so... I like that she jokes around with Carl now and you know more about her backstory and I think she makes the, you know, she, the three of them, Rick and Michonne and Carl, I could have watched them for a long, long time. I actually missed them when I didn't see them. So, um, yeah, so Michonne. And by the way, what happened to that horse? Does anyone know? Oh, I I don't think we, we specifically know. I assume the horse is dead. Wait, yeah, I think we did see a dead horse, right? Because I remember thinking that, oh, this is like Atlanta because there's a tank and there's a dead horse. <gasps> I so guess I, that that I don't know. I guess that horse died in, in the attack. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I yeah, assume I it had a stable so. yeah, yeah. someplace and I'm sure the stable got uh, either blown up, uh, you know, demolished or forgotten about. Maybe that poor horse starved to death in the stable. Or you maybe know. during the big pig apocalypse, uh, when, when right. they killed the no. pigs, maybe no, they I killed think the horse. Well, there was, I'm pretty sure there was a dead horse during the whole governor attack. But, uh, you know, to be a little dark, if this was real and people got really hungry, I think that for horse would be the first one to go. Oh, totally. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've 
I would have no problem if I was starving eating a horse. Mm-hmm. Are you French? No, but I was in uh, Switzerland one time, in the French part of Switzerland. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> that... The French eat horses. Oh, I Cheval. didn't know that. Cheval, exactly. I was going to say, I was in a oh. restaurant in Switzerland, and I was looking at the menu. This was a long time ago, and Cheval was on the menu. And I didn't order it, but <coughs> I must admit, I kind of wish I had. You were because... tempted? Because then you'd have a story now. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'd be able to say I tried horse. Yeah. You know? But I didn't. Really, for that, you wish you tried horse? Well, I would like... that particular story? It's all the same. It's all the same. Would you eat a... horse. Would you eat a kangaroo? I might eat a A whole one? Well, yeah, I don't think I could go eat a whole one. (laughs) Quite quite a lot. No! (laughs) Karen's a vegetarian, so she wouldn't eat all this stuff. (laughs) The answer's always going to be no. (laughs) Would you eat a carrot? (laughs) Yeah. uh, I would let... If we were in a plane crash, I would hope that... And we were stuck somewhere in the Andes, I would hope that all three of you would... uh, uh, definitely eat me. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, <laughs> all of us. <laughs> Let's move on. We're, yeah, we're just going to gloss right uh, over that so if we wouldn't mind. All right. Um, <laughs> Jason, Jason C., do you have a number 10? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. My number 10 is the prison. Um, going into the season, I was bummed that they were still going to be at the prison because I was tired of the prison. But it ended up working really well because we saw it in a new light because some time had passed, you know, quote unquote, 30 days without an accident. And they were settled in and comfortable. And it was interesting to see how the Woodburyans had integrated and what they'd done with the place. And also, um, we got a lot of great scenes that we didn't get a chance to get those kind of scenes in season three. Just really scary, horrific scenes in the prison. It was more like a horror movie setting I thought which I loved and uh also early on I was just about the prison in general early on I was I was sort of going okay I'm gonna set my expectations low and think that they're probably gonna be at the prison all season long and then at the end they'll get chased out or something and then it ended up happening in the middle of the season so I was really happy like wow this is great they're doing something big in the middle and they're moving on and and AMC AMC still got to get their money's worth out of the set because they had flashbacks so they kind of did still use part at least parts of the prison throughout the season but I just thought it was uh really thrilling to see them get uh you know kicked out of there in such a spectacular way well, so many people it wanted the prison storyline to wrap up at the end of, like even earlier, at the end of end of season uh, three. And I think going into four, a lot of people were like you, sort of bummed that they were going to still be there, not knowing how long, maybe they'd be there all season. And that just seemed like, you know, way, way too long to be staying in one place. So I think mm-hmm. you're right. I think they handled it pretty well. And um, I think I'll have more about the prison later on probably. Mm-hmm. All right, who's next there, Chris? You are, Mr. Me. Miles. So my number 10 is the Beth mystery. So basically what happened What happened to Beth? Where did she go? Uh, who was in the car? Why did she get in the car? And uh, I do like a, a good mystery. And so I hope that this kind of pays out in the end instead of just kind of being a disappearing act. If we never see Beth again, I'm going to be pissed. So, But overall, I like the fact that it's a complete and utter mystery. I don't I like think that. we'll never see her again. I mean, that obviously would be that'd be nuts, but I wonder how soon in season five we will get an answer to that because it feels like there's a lot of stuff they got to deal with at yeah. the beginning of season five first before we worry about what's up with Beth. 
I figured that they would uh, they would wrap this up in the season finale that she'd show up yeah, somewhere yeah. in uh, in Terminus, but she didn't. So now they have to carry that over to the to season five. So I, I just I really have high hopes that this is going to pay out. I think I think it's cool that it didn't wrap though because it left this really intriguing mystery. But I agree that you know I want it to get wrapped. And I read some kind of spoilery stuff about this, but I guess I shouldn't really say it in this part, huh? Do you guys do spoilers at the end? I forget. Not really. We just try to warn yeah. people when they're coming. And uh, this time of year, like most of the news we talk about is is sort of like yeah. w- what's coming up in season five. So a lot of the news we consider a little bit spoilery. So okay, yeah. Well, I want to say something, and and if you're listening, just get the next ten seconds or so. But um, I read starting now, but I read that they're going to address that and fairly soon in the next season. Okay. Good. 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 That's not very spoilery. No, not really. <laughs> well, it tells you something that's going to happen, so I consider that's true. that a spoiler. Yeah, I, I think I have a little bit more information on that, but I'll leave that for now. Okay. You guys can ask me later if you want. Um, my number 10 for season four is uh, Tyrese, and I sort of wrote down here, when are they going to do something with Tyrese? And I feel like he's been on the show now for a season and a half because he was introduced in the, the midpoint of season three, and I kind of feel like he's just sort of been hanging around and he's had stuff done to him, but he hasn't really, really acted or he hasn't really been given a lot of um, plot to carry. I, I was thinking about Tyrese and, you know, he got to the prison. Nobody trusted him. So they went to Woodbury. That didn't work out. And mm. then they came back to the prison and Carol killed his girlfriend. And now he's out there somewhere. And, you know, maybe it's finally time for Tyrese to do something. So... I think what I'm trying to say is I was expecting a little bit more with that character in season four, but he just sort of continued to be a bit of a background character, and I'm looking forward to maybe what they get to in season five with him. You have to be careful, though, because as soon as he jumps into the spotlight, you know he's going to die. That is is something they've kind of done in the past, and I don't want to see that happen with him, and I don't want to see that keep happening with characters in general, though. Right. Because it's too uh, it's too telling when you have an episode where they're f- the focus, and then you know at the end they're dead, or you know, a couple next episode they're dead. I don't like that. Right. I mean, there w- at least I see. I don't totally hear what you're saying, but at least there was a big shift for Tyrese this season, because last season he just seemed he was very much a pacifist and w- wanted to, you know, work things out and not cause waves and stuff. And this season, as soon as Karen got killed, he totally flipped and beat the tried to beat the crap out of Rick, although he failed. And then we had that spectacular hammer scene where he's hammering his way out of those that horde of zombies, which I, I loved. Um, and then the whole tension about with him and Carol about what, you know how would he react when he found out. So I, I, I there was something. Yeah, he didn't get as much of a meaty story as some of the other characters, but I was at least happy that he kind of got activated, you know. Sure, they took the first steps and I, I totally will give you the uh the hammer scene in the in the herd of zombies. Um but the other stuff, you know, killing Karen and then his role in the grove, I really felt that was all about Carol more than him. And he was mm-hmm. you know, and, and they did a lot with her character. Um, throughout all that and Tyrese was just sort of there to to be the tension almost between you know what Carol did and his feelings and so on but definitely the hammer scene although that was pretty quick and uh, 
And e even that, like they showed him hammering those zombies and then we cut away and the next thing we see, he's he's out of it. So I don't know. I, I think they could have yeah, done no, more Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree, yeah. I, I, maybe he's, it's sort of like these characters get to start blooming and then they really, they they flower later on like Carol, you know. It took her a while before she really got a big meaty mm -hmm. presence on the show. What about, there was also a scene with, I think, wasn't there a scene with Tyrese and Michonne where she was tell he was telling her to let go of her, or she was telling him to let go of his anger? Remember that? Yeah, they were on a run, weren't they? Yeah, and outside yeah, the prison, there was maybe? sort of a contrast, like how she said she decided to stop looking for the governor. I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't exactly. know. I don't remember exactly that, but it's. I went through sort of all his episodes and tried to tried to find something that I could really latch onto for his character, and I didn't think yeah, it was there. Yeah. So, especially with how big he is in the comics. True. True. All right, uh, Karen, number nine. Yeah, my number nine. Since we mentioned Tyrese, I'm going to mention somebody who hung out with Tyrese for a number of episodes, Carol. Uh, the arc of Carol is my number nine. And I love how when the show began, she was a totally mousy, beaten down person. And I kind of found her annoying. And now she's transformed into this complete badass. And... I think the writers love writing for her and um, with other characters interacting with her. And Melissa McBride, such a strong actress, um, who even makes, you know, even when the when Carol makes these questionable decisions, uh, for instance, killing Karen and David, I think we could categorize that as questionable at best. <laughs> at best, yeah. Um, <laughs> I never really lost sympathy for her, and I always wanted her to come back. And I love how honest, even at the very end, she was really honest with Tyrese, so... Um, I think she's a very compelling character to watch. You know, uh, totally. I have uh, favorite characters that uh, come and go in this show. And right now, Carol is absolutely my favorite character. And uh, mm -hmm. and you're right that, you know, she started off as this uh, timid, mousy woman that uh, basically has come into her own in this, uh, you know, had, had to step up in the in the apocalypse and has really uh, taken charge of, you know, keeping group safe. And as you say, the uh, the decisions she's made are are questionable. And I think she's sort of doing a Breaking Bad kind of thing. Like she started off kind of good, but she's doing <laughs> uh, stuff that needs to be done in order to, you know, safeguard her future. And the stuff she's doing is, uh, can be, you know, questionable at best and evil at worst. So, uh -huh. and I really think it's complex and I think that it's, uh, it's not cut and dried and I really, really like it. I think if if Carol is allowed, if they all get back together and Carol's allowed back in the group, that there should be a rule that Carol's not allowed to kill anyone who's asleep without discussing it with someone else first. <laughs> At least talk to somebody. Yeah. That's an excellent rule. Phone a friend. That's right. Let them know that she's having these feelings yeah. and that she needs to just get them Put out Put it there. to the committee. Let the committee vote. Yeah. Well, That's why there's a committee. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can say right now that Carol's on my list as well, a couple spots down. And um, I think she probably is one of the most interesting characters on the show. And Melissa, Melissa McBride has probably got, you know, has been given some of the hardest acting moments of the entire series, I think. And she's just totally knocked it out of the park. So 100% mm -hmm. agree that, uh, that, that Carol is, uh, is, was awesome this year. And you know, her episode, The Grove, which I already mentioned, um, that's the one that 
Jason and I watched together in Chicago, right? And yeah. uh, super emotional and just super deep. And it was, uh, you know, if there was one episode, I'd sort of would rather have, you know, not watched alone, but maybe uh, <laughs> not, you know, in a crowd of strangers or, or partial strangers. It might not have been that one. In, but... in a more controlled environment, let's say. Exactly. Yeah. So. I, I, I loved watching it with other people because just to see the reaction, like the one girl on the left of me was like, oh, oh, and she started grabbing my leg and she's like, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to grab your leg. <laughs> but just to see how it affected everyone so deeply, you know, it was, I thought that even added to it. Yeah, I guess there's an upside to watching it with strangers. I mean, <laughs> strange girls. <laughs> you might get grabbed. You yeah. might. All right, Jason, what do you have next? Um, my number nine, this is probably my favorite item on my list is plants and flowers. Oh, um, what? <laughs> because I just, you know, it was in the back of my mind that we're seeing a lot of potted plants and flowers in different parts of this. And so as I was reviewing it, I think I, I think I maybe figured out why. So Rick in the beginning is a farmer, he's growing things and there's also just lots of plants and flowers around the prison. At the end, we see a lot of potted plants around terminus and then there's that, um, I guess, sunflower that they see in that uh, vandalized or, you know, desecrated picture of the family that killed themselves. And then, of mm-hmm. course, there's the shocking scene of Lizzie, look at the flowers. Right. And um, ah. so it's it, just thinking about it. I think flowers represent kind of a distraction from the horrors of this world. Uh, you know, like at the prison, it was sort of like, look, everything can be fine. Everything can be fine. Look, we were so civilized. We're planting flowers. And in Terminus, it's like, look at the flowers, everyone. Don't mind these sketchy looking bastards or this big mound of strange meat. Just look at the pretty flowers. (laughs) Just ignore the meat. (laughs) You know, and, and the whole, the whole show on a sort of a side note, the whole show, it seems to be a, a love letter to Georgia. It's so pretty. Walking through the woods. I mean, you know, obviously the prison's not pretty, and neither is Terminus. But uh, but Georgia's gorgeous, and this season especially, as they're as they're away from the prison and they're doing their thing, walking towards Terminus. I was like, wow, Georgia's beautiful. So yay, Georgia. Oh God, I totally agree. When we were down there, and Jason and I took a took a day to drive out to Sonoy and all that, it, I was amazed by just how how beautiful I thought the Georgia countryside was. And I'm dying to go back and maybe bring the whole family and just drive around a bit because it was beautiful. So nice. Walker Stalker Con. Walker Stalker Con. Yeah. October. Can't go to everyone, but maybe that one. (laughs) No, you you go into Atlanta, aren't you? Well, I really, really want to. I'm not 100% sure yet, though. Okay. Because it seems like it's shaping up to be really huge. Like a lot of the buzz is around Atlanta because there's like four of these a year now. I know. I'm going to have to start saving up some money, get get down there. Uh, it was definitely the most fun at a con, a conference I've had. Oh, yeah. So by far. Mm-hmm. All right, Jason. All right. So my number nine is uh, the first half of this season uh, and how it was essentially, you know, just uh, wrapping up the way season three essentially should have should have ended. In my mind, we had to go back to the governor and uh, deal with his storyline. We had to go back uh, to the prison and all that kind of stuff. So I was just thinking that the season three maybe should have ended with the governor, a confrontation with the governor and having it end with his death. 
So I was a little disappointed that we had to, like you, Jason, had said, uh, I'm a little disappointed that we had to stay with the prison and stay with the governor storyline for a whole additional half of a season. So I think, uh, you know, my number nine is essentially the disappointment in that. But see, I agree with you there. However, I think they managed to pull it off pretty well in what they did at the prison. And although I didn't love those two governor episodes, they did have to... They did have to give him some sort of storyline to bring him back to where he was at a point where he'd want to attack again. I think I might need to clarify. I'm not really disappointed in what was shown on the screen. I'm just disappointed that we had to do it at all. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Although those endless governor episodes, uh, (laughs) uh, those are the lowest rated ones for me. I thought that everything picked up in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was also just fresh and new, so that that helped for sure. Um, for me, my next one on my list is uh, the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger at the end of the season, because it's kind of the first real cliffhanger they've done, where uh, you know it's there's there's a real mystery or not mystery, but there's real trouble all of a sudden, and we don't know what's going to happen, and our characters are in you know definite danger, and um, I, I really liked, you know, I really liked the fact that they did that finally in this season. Mm-hmm. And I, but I have some funny feelings about it other than that too, because when Rick says at the end that these people are going to feel really stupid because they're screwing with the wrong people, I found it, I found myself surprised that I totally, totally agreed with him. You know, I think <laughs> in a situation like this, you kind of think, oh my God, they're screwed. What are they going to do? These terminus people have them, you know, uh, at the end of their rope. They're gonna, they're all gonna die. But I feel like, nope, terminus is going down. Even, <laughs> even, even though, even though they're stuck in this train box car, and you know, who knows how they're gonna get out? I feel like, well, these people, they they can handle this. They're gonna get out of there. Yep. And terminus has made a fatal mistake. So, I just yep. thought that was a little bit of a strange feeling to have. Even though I sort of enjoyed the fact that it was a. Uh, that it was a cliffhanger. And the other thing is, and people give me a, I think I've told you this, Jason, but people give me a hard time about this one. And it's that, uh, I didn't like the way (laughs) I didn't like the way they phrased Rick's last line. Right. And it's not the problem with replacing the F word with Mm -hmm. screwing because, uh, you know, I can get by that, but I don't really feel like the way he said, these people are going to feel pretty stupid because they're screwing with the wrong people makes any sense. And it's it's because you don't feel stupid for screwing with the wrong people. You just you just pay for it. You, that's right. I mean, they they might regret it, and they might feel dead after after the Rick and the gang <laughs> is done with them. But they're not going to feel stupid. And I just feel like it's a semantic thing. But it bothered me. So right. uh, feel free to give me a hard time. Maybe there's a joke in there somewhere. Maybe he's going. They're going to feel stupid because the joke's on them. Uh, I've got you know. Uh, some I've got uh, drones with Hellfire missiles on it on their way in, and that's really going to make them feel stupid. I really don't know. Well, that, like I said, it's a silly thing, but it jumped out at me, and I've been bothered by it ever since. But other than that, I thought the cliffhanger was great, and I can't wait to see what happens. Right. I, I think that's, I'm not sure, but I think that's the exact line that he used in the comic, except with the F word. So I think, he's, yeah. I think he said they're going to feel stupid. Do you think in the in the comic it's the same? You have the same complaint. Well, you know, I I think you're right. I think he does say that in the comic verbatim, but I I don't remember feeling that way. So, 
Mm-hmm. No, you know, maybe I, it I was mean, just okay in the comic. One thing that I can definitely get behind you on is you said it. it is a weird kind of a cliffhanger where it's sort of like, wait, I'm supposed to feel like they're in a lot of danger. And I kind of do, but I, I think you're right. I think that he, they're going to somehow just really ravage the place. And so it's less of a, oh, oh my God, they're all going to die. And more like, hmm, we're, I want to see how they ravage this place. Yeah. And, and it's not, <laughs> but it's not just like, you know, these are our main characters and they can't kill them all off because this is a TV show that's going on. It's more like what they've shown and the way they've developed these characters, they're all pretty badass, and they we know they work together well, and they know they can, you know, they can rain some shit down on people if they need to. So uh, mm. I just feel like it's it's all within the show, you know. It's not sort of me being outside the show thinking, well, they can't kill them off, which I think is yeah pretty cool. They and, do kill them off. Yeah, they do exactly. Yeah. So I, I yeah, in fact, I kind of I don't know. I think it would be, you know make it more thrilling if someone did get killed off by these guys. I don't know who, but yeah, I don't know who, but I, I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if somebody died, but when it comes down to it, I think that Rick and the gang is just going to demolish Terminus by the end of it. Right. (laughs) All right. uh, Karen, you're up next. Speaking of Terminus, it's the mystery of Terminus that I love the whole season long. And from the very beginning, when we heard that crackly, radio transmission that mentioned Terminus, those who arrived, survived. And to, you know, I wanted it to be a good place. I really did. Um, and, you know, okay, maybe not with a Starbucks outlet, but at least a safe community. And I think it's the genius of the story that I'm glad I was wrong. I really am. Uh, I think it would have been boring if it had been a shiny, happy place full of shiny, happy people. Um, and so I, the the cliffhanger ending was perfect, and the the crazy uh, when the gunfire started and they were herding them towards that railroad car, and you got to sort of take a little tour of what Terminus really was. Oh, crazy! I loved it. I loved everything about it and how they really thought Terminus was going to get them home safe, and it's not. <laughs> yeah, you but know, like you, I think I think they're going to prevail for sure. For sure, and. It's funny because I've said a a lot of times that I wish something good would just happen on The Walking Dead at some point. And I just mean uh, in the comics, in the TV show, in the novels, in the video games, whatever. Like it's a pretty bleak property when you think about it. And some of the stuff that happens and has happened is just so brutal. And I feel like there's (laughs) never, sometimes there's never any relief. And so when you're, when you have a bunch of characters going towards Terminus, which is maybe a safe haven, maybe everything will be nice there. I... I almost feel like, oh, I hope it is. You know, I wish it was, but then mm-hmm. that never seems to play out. Right. Yeah, at least the, the, Carl the found a candy cheese. bar. Yeah, I was going to say easy cheese. <laughs> and, a, and a really big tub of pudding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a but, good moment. Then it, of course, gave him a stomachache, so. Da, da. Oh. Giant tub of pudding, candy <laughs> bar, easy cheese. Boy, they ate well this year. They really did. <laughs> horse. Uh, oh. Yeah, not Barbecue. Horse. <laughs> mystery barbecue maybe human uh, okay my turn yep yep okay so my number eight is uh th- there's been talk that a theme of this season is can you come back from horrible things uh they kind of started that off with the crazy dirty woman in the first episode who lured rick to to what did she lure him to do feed him to her, her husband head or something yeah she um she was 
telling him that they were going to go back to get her husband. But I think, yeah, she wanted to feed him to the husband. Yeah. Which right. was just okay. a head. Right. And she said, my husband's <laughs> a head. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> just a head. But, uh, she didn't warn him. <laughs> so what uh just about you know looking at different characters and their arcs and how they fit into this the governor looked like he might have had a shot at living a more honorable life there but he blew it daryl on the other hand he when everybody his like family separated he kind of struggled about whether to go back to his survivalist every man for himself mode but beth got him out of it so he kind of came back michonne we find out she lost her son and like Daryl, this season she struggled with whether to give up and just wander alone with the zombies for a while, but then decided she wanted to go find her friends and, you know, not just give up on everything. And um, so she kind of came back and and I'll talk more about Rick later, but you could say that he he came back from being his pacifist hide your head in the sand self to being a take charge kind of a guy. So he's still doing brutal things, but He's also still, you know, he hasn't gone insane as far as the people that he loves and cares about. He hasn't lost his humanity there. And then Carol killing Lizzie. Uh, I, I, you wouldn't think that that would be something like a sign of coming back. But in one sense, Lizzie and Mika are sort of surrogates for Sophia and maybe her not being able to let go of Sophia, you know, and so she has to train these girls to be really tough. So the same thing won't happen. And her doing that sort of is just like letting go of that notion. Like, no, that's not going to work out. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's just another whole horrible thing that Carol's going to need to come back from now. Yeah, for sure. And you know, one of the things I like to see on the show is when they do try to explore new themes. Um, I've read the comics. I've read the novels. I, there's not a lot of Walking Dead stuff that I haven't taken in. And I think one of my criticisms overall is that all the different properties or all the different versions of The Walking Dead kind of explore the same thing thematically. And uh, so I like when they try to do something different on the show, and I hope they continue to do that with what they mm -hmm. sort of explore going forward. Me too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when Beth Beth was talking to Daryl to bring him back, she said, you don't get to treat me like crap just because you're afraid. And I think that sort of sums up what it means to be lost to all this is you turn into this hard shell of a person like Morgan did. And, um, you know, like if the governor heard and understood what Beth said, you don't get to treat me like crap just because you're afraid, then, you know, he would be an easier person to deal with and not an antagonist. And I think that's sort of the point of all this. Like you, you know, just because we're having these hard times, it, we still have to love each other, that kind of thing. <laughs> you still have to keep a bit of your humanity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just enough yeah. to but not too much. Yeah. I mean, you can't right. get too soft. Yeah. That's right. All right. Uh, Jason. All right. So my number eight is the fact that we needed three people to kill the governor. So we had Rick fighting with the governor, and then uh, Michonne saved Rick by stabbing him through the chest, and then she left him, and then Lily showed up and shot him. So that we had to, everybody got a shot at the governor, everybody that might have been mad at him in the past. Yeah, he he turned out to be one of those kind of unkillable guys. Rasputin kind of thing. <laughs> and um, Alan missed his chance. He really did. Oh, boy. He's standing right there. He had the best chance, probably, and he could have... Ended it all right there, and that yeah, was it. Froze. Three people, eh? 
was but, that... uh, Michonne didn't kill him, right? No, I mean, she didn't. didn't kill him. Yeah, she uh, she right. saw him writhing around on the ground and uh, decided to let the next person have a, have a shot. Yeah, <laughs> I think she wanted him to suffer by becoming yeah. a zombie. Yeah. Oh, then Lily ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, she I mean, paid I, for we it. <laughs> we speculated maybe at least in part that might have been an act of kindness on her part. Right. Oh yeah, Could that be. that would make sense, I guess. Well, um. Nobody was, you know, after that episode, there was a lot of talk out there whether is he really dead? Is he coming back? And <laughs> I think I'm very happy to say that we found out he wasn't. So. He's dead. Yeah. yeah. But he'll be uh, he'll be in Atlanta. I know, I know, I saw that. <laughs> very he, much alive. He is he is the one single person that I I would love to meet the most, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, of the people I haven't met so far. Man, I Yeah, gotta, that's a compelling reason right there. I got to go. Mm-hmm. We can all go and kill him. Just kidding. Oh, God. (laughs) Get our photos with him with a sword through his chest or something? Thanks, Jason. Now we're not going to get through border security. Right. They're going to stop us at the border now because of that. (laughs) Yeah, we're screwed. It's just a joke. (laughs) Um, Jason, you and I uh, have to go to Atlanta because it's cheaper when we both go because we can split a hotel room. Oh, right. He's pointing at me, by the way. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's true. All right, we'll figure it out. Okay, very good. (laughs) All right, moving along. I am next. My number eight is the giant herd from way back near the beginning of season four when uh, Daryl and Tyrese and everybody are out on their way to the veterinary clinic. They drive into that giant herd and get the car stuck. And I just wanted to mention it because, number one, I think it's the most zombies we've ever seen on screen in four seasons. Mm-hmm. And I heard, I think Nicotero said that they intended that there were 7,500 zombies there, which is wow. a hell of a lot. Wow. And I'm wondering, will we ever see that herd again? Will it play any part in the show? Or will we get another scene involving that many zombies? I hope so. I feel like it's... Mission. I, I was going to say, I feel like it's too big of a group of zombies to just ignore. But at the same time, now they're all scattered all over the place and they've moved on. And mm. I don't know that they'll ever really come back to it. Yeah, I don't think so. But I, I'm guessing, you know, they at some point during the series will see 10 times that many zombies in one place. How do you figure? Because <laughs> they, they'll just want to go bigger and bigger, you know, and they've got who knows how many seasons left. So, yeah, I, 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 I mean, they, they would, you know, they could have done that this time but they you know they want to leave a little room for but i i mean i, I thought that was an amazingly awesome scene yeah you know, I there was another there was another good hurt scene early on in the series when they did the crane shot above atlanta do you remember that they they pan back way way up high and it was all these mm. zombies um congregating around no it was oh, um around, around the, the tank, tank. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah i remember that that was really good, and I like that one quite a bit. And they've done that a couple times for sure, the the high up mm-hmm. shots. But this one was just zombies all the way to the horizon, pretty much. You know, yeah. just a sea of them, and awesome. it was totally awesome. And mm-hmm. you're watching, thinking, "Oh my god, they're stuck!" You know, there are seven thousand zombies there. Mm-hmm. What the hell are they gonna do? And turns out they just ran away from them, which was yeah. to me a little bit That's of a letdown. My... <laughs> right. My and... only complaint with that scene is that they got out of it alive all of them right and that's sort of why i'm bringing it up hoping that maybe it would play another part in the show but i think if it was going to they put a they would have already gotten to that you know 
And since now they're at a different location, I don't know, maybe Terminus will be just demolished by 7,000 zombies, but we'll see. You know, I just thought of something about zombies that makes it probably even harder to do as to make a zombie show is I thought, well, what if the zombies just hurt one of them? You know, they, they don't have to just kill you. But the thing is, if they bite you or scratch you, then you're going to zombie So they don't really hurt many people. It's kind of an all or nothing thing most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you can't be attacked by one and and survive unless you kill it. Right. Interesting. Have we seen a scratch turn somebody? Yeah. Um, well, we saw that Big Tiny, he got scratched, right? And oh. then they just killed him before he had a chance to. <laughs> but we heard Wait, more... I just scratch! We, we heard Lenny, uh, not Lenny, uh, what's Dwayne's dad's name? Morgan. 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 Yeah, Morgan in, in Lenny's the, is real in the pilot. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the pilot, he said, uh, d- you know, did you get bit, scratched, anything like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's all just, you know, conjecture and speculation at this point. So, so uh, yeah. we, we, you know, we have some evidence that it, that it would turn, turn you, but uh, we haven't actually seen a scratch uh, turn somebody into a zombie. Yeah, I think we need we need to change our closing line, Jason, and say, "Don't get scratched." <laughs> don't get bit scratched, anything like that. Yeah, anything like that. I think they sometimes play a little fast and loose with the rules too. I mean, they yeah. talk, you know, they don't want to get scratched, but they smear zombie gore all over themselves. So you know, it's it's yes. You know, I try not to think about it too much because if you well, do, you'll just end up driving yourself crazy. I accidentally swallowed <laughs> some zombie intestine. Is that bad? Yeah. <laughs> Kirkman did address that in the comic recently. He said, if, if as long as it doesn't uh, get in any, as long as the skin is not broken, then they'll be okay. But that still begs the question, well, what if it goes in your mouth or, you know, in your nose or something or your yeah. eyes? It sounds disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's not, it's not a good yeah, thing. I can tell you it. that. But uh, yeah, it's uh <laughs> I don't know, but you know, your your body has defenses. Like if you put something in your mouth, uh, you know, your your body will take care of it. Like if you you can take a mouthful of dirt and then spit it out, and you'd be okay. But if you get dirt in your blood, uh, that's mm. that's a very bad thing. But getting it into your eyes or swallowing it or uh, mm. you know various ways of ingesting it would be would be bad. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like HIV, which is a bloodborne pathogen. You know, somebody who has HIV can scratch you and you wouldn't necessarily get it, but it's a bloodborne pathogen. So mm. if you get some of their infected blood in your blood, yeah. Uh, what am I talking about? But then it's sexually transmitted too. What do I know? See what I mean? You can't you can't think about it you too can't, much you or you'll go on forever. I think that they I don't know for sure, but you know, there could be some form of some virus that these characters would have all been safe from even the way they have been behaving. I don't know for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me, even though I, you know, I've often thought, Oh, they don't seem to care about getting any blood on them. But if what Kirkman says is right, that it's just, if you have broken skin, that's it. Otherwise you're safe. Then I guess that's the rule. Yeah. And they are actually all infected already anyway. <laughs> we all are. It's more about just trying not to die. <laughs> yeah. Try not, try not to let that, yeah. that dead well, yeah, thing kill and you. If you if you get bitten or scratched, well, we don't know about scratch, but if you get bitten and you're going to die in a few days so or sooner. Yeah, it starts the fever and then you don't recover yeah. from the fever. Yeah. All right. Well, we got it all figured out. Then. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, Deep cleansing breath. Yeah, I'm so good. comforted. 
Karen, I think you're next with number seven. <laughs> I am. Okay, so keeping the characters apart is my number seven. I didn't want this to happen. I really resisted, and I was wrong yet again. It was actually a good idea. It ended up being a really interesting second half of the season, and my favorite uh, half, actually. And I loved trying to figure out where they were and who they were going to meet up with and when they'd get back together. I mean, it's really great when they finally do get back together, but keeping them apart, I think, was a really smart strategy because we got a lot of variety the second half of the season and a lot of interesting stories. And I loved it. And it was sort of building the tension all second half of the season. They finally all got together back at Terminus. Ah! And we got to go so, in depth with it. some of the characters that we wouldn't have gotten to go as deep with. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And it had unusual pairings too. Yeah. It was great. I thought they did a really good job playing with the time a little bit where everyone was, they they uh, they all fled the prison at the same time, but then we saw different moments of of what happened next, right? And sometimes mm -hmm. it was a little sooner, sometimes it was a little later, but it was always to me pretty clear of what was going on. And um, I think that's kind of the first time they've done something like that on this show. Just played with time a bit and and uh, you know showed us different things happening that um, normally, you know, when everyone's together, you don't have an opportunity to do that. So I think they did a nice job with that, and they used the opportunity of everyone being separate to, to do it. Yeah, and weren't there, there was sometimes this, they'd visit the same locations at different times, and, like, the guy who uh, got shot um, in one scene, then another group came upon that same location and he was there as a zombie or stuff like that, you yeah. know, but a lot of yeah. things going on that I don't think I quite caught everything, but I just had a sense that the writers really had all, it all worked out. What was going on when like that big plume of smoke were made to wonder if uh -huh. that was from what Beth and Daryl did or not. Things like that. Yeah. That's the one I was going to mention too, that, that smoke. I mean, it's you, you sort of know that's, from the other episode and that's what's happening there but they don't really have mm -hmm. to tell you and right and make it super obvious and yeah you're right we had um daryl and beth come across that scene with all the dead people whereas before we saw tyrese and and the kids get there when they were still alive so they just did a nice job with that i thought mm -hmm. we did all right okay Jason. my turn huh so my number seven is Little Psycho Lizzie, mm -hmm. who, <laughs> looking back over the whole season, I realized that her story was my favorite. And I loved how it played out over the course of the whole season. And from the very beginning, we got a sense that she was creepy and that she didn't understand that the zombies were dangerous. She was naming them and drawing pretty pictures of hanging out with her zombie friend Nick and stuff. And then, but we had, you know, that story was very rich. It had the mysterious elements of somebody feeding the rats to the zombies and that desecrated, I guess, was it a bunny rabbit or something inside the prison mm -hmm. yep. that was nailed Something up. flayed. Yeah. And then there were very, there were shocking moments like when Lizzie, when everybody was sick and chaos was erupting inside the prison and Lizzie was just trying to lead that one zombie away saying, here boy, here boy. Or when she almost smothered Judith. And then, of course, the most shocking moment of the whole season was her them coming upon her with having just killed her sister. Um, seeing, and about to kill Judith. Yeah, about to kill the poor little baby Judith who was sitting there like, hey, isn't somebody going to do something about this? Um, <laughs> and then, 
the whole murder mystery, the way they set that up was amazing because I was so sure that Carol was the one that killed uh, uh, Karen and David when she confessed. But then they made me doubt myself because Lizzie was just getting more and more psycho. And we know that Carol had trained her to kill. So they did that so well of making me doubt myself and then and just keeping it really interesting throughout the whole season. So I just thought it was well done. I thought Brighton Charbonneau started off a little uneven interacting, but just got better and better until the end when I just thought she was amazing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, she did agree. a great job. Totally agree. These these writers are professionals. They know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right about it, how it was a murder mystery, and, and uh, they, they uh, expanded it out through most of the season, which was really, really cool. And... Um, Fun to see. Yeah, it was tied together really nice. All right. Uh, Jason M. Oh, that's me. That's me. So uh, my number seven, uh, we've touched on before, but uh, specifically Michonne's backstory. The fact that we got to see uh, her son, uh, Andre, and we found out that Mike and Terry, who were her original pets, uh, were people that she that she knew and loved. And I, I like the fact that we got that uh, that particular flashback. Cool, yeah. Oh, so sad. People have wanted to know more about Michonne for a long time, so mm-hmm. it's it's awesome that they're developing her finally. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, and was, a, was great a... the way they did it by, mm-hmm. it, you, you thought it was a flashback and then it got creepier and creepier and darker <laughs> and yeah. horrific and, and they hadn't done anything like that before. And I, I love how they're not afraid to try new things formally on this show and it worked really well in that case. Yep. Yeah, there are people out there, I think, that love flashbacks and hate them. And, I mean, I think Gimple came out at one point and said, you know, asked, are you going to do more flashbacks? And he said, we're going to do whatever is the best way to tell the story we're trying to tell, which is, you know, kind of a non-answer. But at the same time, (laughs) if this is the sort of stuff we're going to get, where they do a really neat flashback like this, or they play with the time, having the characters all separate, then I'm all for doing new stuff, because it's all very cool. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, my number seven, we've really already talked about. My number seven was Carol um, and how interesting she was this season. Probably maybe the most interesting character we had. She was banished. She came back. Um, she played into the whole murder mystery of it all, and uh, she really personified sort of one of the themes of, of the sh- of the season of can you come back from, from what you've done? Yeah. Can she, you be forgiven? Things like that. She killed. She killed again. She killed again. <laughs> <laughs> yet, yet she's the best character. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Carol, uh, my number seven, and I think we'll have to see. I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how and if they can reintegrate her into the group because mm-hmm. Tyrese has forgiven her, but Rick doesn't know what's going on and the other thing is not everybody else knows. Almost nobody else knows, I think, that she's the one who murdered them, right? I yeah, I don't yeah, think so. I wonder if they'll care. Maybe not. I, I don't, don't know. know. It, it's been interesting to see. Yeah, a lot, a, of, a lot of things have happened since then. So, yeah. does Rick have to give back the watch? <laughs> Maybe, Maybe Carol can say, "If you let me back in, I'll give you your baby." Yeah, it's it, gonna be a trade. <laughs> yeah, she did save the Judith, so <laughs> that might yeah have some impact. Seriously, yeah, I think. God, so. it's such a matter of perspective, eh? I mean, kill some yeah, people because she's trying to she's trying to save the greater good, kind of. And but now she's saved a baby. I mean, doesn't that that must be good for something. <laughs> Especially if it's your baby. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, 
Yeah, I, I would not characterize her as evil, like I think I heard you say, Jason, but definitely you could argue that she's misguided. At worst, yeah. At worst, she's evil. Yeah. Mm, All right. I don't know. Evil to me connotes you're trying to do harm. That's true. And she thought, well, she was doing, you, it is harmful to kill someone, but, you know, if she thought, well, they're going to die anyway, and if I do this now, then I might save some lives. I think that's what, you know, she she was trying to do what she thought was best for the group. I think it was misguided. Yeah, but at a certain point, I mean, you have to do what is best for the group sometimes. I, you know, yeah, if she I hadn't have killed that. them, they all would have... I guess you can only say they maybe all would have died, and that's where the ambiguity comes in. Well, it's all yeah, always the, I don't it's also see that the because uh, they were quarantined and they could yep. have just been left to die in there. And you could even argue, well, you go in there and expose yourselves to them, then you're actually endangering the group even yes. more. Yes, it didn't make any sense. Why would she kill them? That's the dumbest thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad uh, move on her part. Well, and we had Herschel. We had Herschel going in there. You know. You have mm-hmm. to assume with the intention of coming out alive, um, and he—they didn't seem to care that he was there exposing himself. So, if they could have made it somehow where we would have sort of presumed that yes, likely she she did save people's lives by doing that, I think it would it would have been a better plot element, you know. But I don't know mm-hmm. how they could have done that. But as it was, you sort of wonder was that even necessary at all? Then it made it seem a lot worse. <laughs> Because it seems like it wasn't all that necessary yeah. during quarantine, but okay. Yeah, Karen and David certainly didn't appreciate it. No, you know, if they would have not been in quarantine, that might have made it somewhat of a difference. If they would have just been out with everyone else, mm-hmm. but then you would have thought, why don't they put them in quarantine? I was just going to say we all would have been complaining about why not quarantine these people? How hard could that be? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Karen, you're number six. Okay, so my number six, six uh, speaking of uh, strong female characters like Carol, strong female characters this season. So we already talked about Michonne and Carol, but there are actually quite a few others. For instance, Sasha. I thought Sasha had a lot of really strong moments. Uh, she's a great fighter, as it turns out, and uh, her and Bob and Maggie, I just love that group, uh, post prison making their way towards terminus they were fun to see them all together and maggie maggie was great um you know hell-bent on uh finding glenn again and uh then there's beth and beth really stepped up there's karen before she got sick and and was murdered uh (laughs) she was out at the gate killing zeds she was a little killing machine at the gate and uh one might argue also tara and lily um, had some moments where they had to, I mean, Lily killed the governor. Uh, Tara had really helped Glenn after the prison debacle. Uh, Lizzie was batshit crazy, but, uh, but mm-hmm. can't argue that she's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. That's all Not batshit true. crazy. Anyway, so yeah, this, uh, there, it was chock-a-block full of, uh, great, strong female characters. So yay. That's awesome. It's not, it's unusual too, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. For, for TV to to show that i think it's great yeah yeah it's getting you know what actually there are there is some precedent for it so i think it's great you know there's buffy the vampire slayer etc etc so lots of great strong females in in tv these days so it's wonderful would you use another one besides buffy um you ever watch uh once upon a time uh, I've yes seen, like, yes, yes i have <laughs> 
What? Once Upon a Time has some really strong <laughs> females. Okay. There's a strong female lead. Yeah, she's a badass. Orphan yeah. Black right yeah. now has an amazing group of female characters. You guys should I watch Orphan that. Black. Everyone's been saying. I do too. It's very good. I we watched watch uh, Shield the beginning of me. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she's wonderful. <laughs> Are you guys still podcasting right. about There's Shield? A- no, but I'm watching it, and right when I stopped podcasting about it, it just got like ten times better. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching it? No, I've only seen the first uh, episode. That's it. it it's uh, after the. Did you see Captain America movie? I did. I did too. A- after that, you know, as you can imagine, it had a huge in- impact on the show, and it just kicked it into high gear. Hmm. Cool. Man, I don't know. I I heard it was okay at best, but I do think it's interesting how they tie in the movie and and do something like that so maybe i'll get caught up my, my only problem I, with i'm that telling show, you it it really did get good after after that like it's a whole different show now i mean my, that's that's what i thought my okay. biggest problem with the show is that for a secret organization they have their logo on everything I know. <laughs> <laughs> by the way i have one more show that has great strong female characters game of thrones game of thrones totally mm-hmm. totally you can't you can't argue with those strong females golden girls yep Yes, <laughs> they're tuple biddies. You don't want to cross a golden girl. Would uh, <laughs> hey Karen? Would you have criticized The Walking Dead at all in the previous seasons about their handling of female characters? I think I did actually. I think I did when, uh, especially when Lori and Andrea had their little showdown in the farm in mm-hmm. Herschel's farm's kitchen. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And they were talking about. Lori was throwing out the, you know, why don't you cook more? Why are you out there standing guard? Even though you're a great shot to Andrea and, and silly things like that. I thought, you know what? Lori would never say that. I mean, it, yes, I, I did criticize it. And then but, Andrea uh, shot Daryl. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't mean to. Yeah, get out there and shoot more, just not him. If only she would have been cooking. <laughs> uh, well... Just kidding. Yeah. I agree. Somebody's got to cook, though. But they should have had Carl cooking, man. Teach him to cook. That would have kept him busy. He was recovering from being shot. No, he was like running all around getting into trouble. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he His recovery was pretty quick. Yeah, he needed to stay in the house, teach him to cook. That might have been an okay idea. <laughs> Instead of shoot, cook. Stay out of trouble, kid. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, Jason C., you are up next with number six. My turn. Okay, well, my number six was about Tyrese being activated by Karen's death and about Carol's role and all that. So we pretty much covered all that stuff. Cool. Tyrese. Uh, Jason. All right, so we've pretty much covered mine as well. <laughs> it's uh, it's the last line of this series I, uh, with Rick saying uh, they're screwing with the wrong people. Did you have a semantic issue with it like I did? I had a uh, a word choiceage uh, issue with it. I, I really think the, that he should have dropped an F-bomb there. And even though yeah, I'm not willing to do so right now myself. Why not? You're allowed. All right. Well, he should have said they're fucking with the wrong people. Right. They really should yeah. have. Um, wow. What if they would have had to, like they've done in Breaking Bad, dropped it down so you couldn't hear what he was saying, but it was what it was clear. Would you have preferred that over the way they did do it? I think that it should have been bold and in your face. And if they had to air it later at night to get around... Uh, but they can't do that. They can't change the time slot, right? Oh, I think that if they change the time slot just for one episode so that they could drop an F-bomb, uh, that'd be awesome. I don't know. And I... it would make no difference to me whatsoever because I always watch it the next day on iTunes anyway. 
So I don't care. What if they changed uh, uh, fucking to fracking? Like that was <laughs> oh, That would be a tough. They're fracking with the wrong people. Yeah, that'd, Wait, that'd be no. tough. <laughs> I would both love and loathe that. <laughs> you might as well say you're frigging with the wrong people. <laughs> Fracking's a real word so, now, though. Or effing. You're yeah. effing with oh, the wrong yeah. people. That, that'd, just, that'd be weak. I just, that, there's no real good choice except for the bold in your face I mean, F-bomb. I'm not sure. I don't think they, I don't know. I could be wrong, but in American television, I don't think they say, ever say that word, right? No matter what time it is, unless it's paid cable. Right. Unless it's HBO or whatever. Right? Yeah. 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 So I, 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 I think, I mean, I don't know, like they've done it several times on Breaking Bad, but they dropped the audio and I would have preferred that they, they do that rather than say screwing. Cause it just sounded like something a teenage kid would say. They never dropped the F-bomb on Lost. No, no, Lost, no. That's a major network show, so... Yeah, ABC, mm-hmm. And you know what? And I didn't even notice that. That's the first time I even thought about it, that they never... I cussed. mean, they were in some... Hello? What? That they never cussed on Lost? Yeah, yeah. that they never cussed. Sorry. I was like, what? Sawyer should what? have dropped, dropped an F-bomb every now and again. Well, mm-hmm. he totally should have. See, for me, with, with Rick's line, I think that saying screwing is probably the best alternative, right? It's still, it, it's not quite as impactful, but at least it's something somebody might say, and it's pretty natural. And, you know, if they can't get away with saying they're fucking with the wrong people, they're mm-hmm. screwing or something, you know? I, it didn't bother me that much. I don't know if I would have liked the, the dropout audio, although when Skyler said that on Walking on, uh, on Breaking Bad, it was pretty awesome, even though they yeah. kind of dropped it out. Yeah. Change the line. They could have had, like, Abraham cough there <laughs> with the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Excuse me? And then Rick would have had to reset it. So. Yeah. And then, then somebody, you know, somebody cough walks again. in the frame what? so you can't see his mouth making the word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, don't they have to fuzz out people's mouths if they do things like that too yeah they, they could have put a big black bar bad. around it yeah yeah that's true yeah. i don't know they could have changed the line i could i i know the line is very impactful but it seems less impactful when you knowingly have to change one word so to get around censorship uh so they could have changed the line to something else instead of just making mm. it this particular line with one word changed they, you know these writers are good writers they could probably make a lineup that uh that makes sense and is impactful and doesn't go anywhere near the need for swearing. Okay, what about this whole idea, though, that they're allowed to use one F-bomb per season? Is that not a thing? That's what everyone seems to believe. Uh, Well, for Breaking Bad, I think that was a self-imposed thing by AMC, maybe. I don't... They're not regulated by the FCC, so they police themselves. So AMC just says you can do this or you can't. And in Breaking Bad, they did... Sort of, but not in Walking Dead. Well, that's what they said for Breaking Bad, but they may have different rules for Walking Dead. Right. Because it's more of a family show, which seems crazy to me. It's, <laughs> it's family but death it is. and mayhem. Gore. It is watched by more families. That's what if true. He said, it's about families. What if he said, they're, sc- they're screwing with the wrong people. I mean, they're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So can we go ahead and blame Gail Ann Hurd then? Yes. Yeah. I, no. Yes. I don't know. I, Frank you know, Darabont. I've also heard that it comes down to um, the uh, the intention of the word. Like if you're if you're using it to try and imply sexual activity, you can't do that. Uh, well, well, how can you not? It's the it's the f word. 
Yeah, but fucking with the wrong well, people. Well, screwing is too, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. No, I don't no, know. no. If because Rick wasn't trying to say that they wanted to have sex with them. Right. That's what. That's what I mean. <laughs> they're just messing around <laughs> with the wrong people. We hope <laughs> they don't know what they're dealing with. We uh, don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. We don't. They're joking with the wrong people. Yeah. Boy, are they gonna feel stupid. <laughs> See how bad that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, we got screwing and. Uh, <laughs> That's what we got. That's what we, we got. got screwed. So. Um, okay. It's me now, right? My number six. My number six was the flu in the first half of the season, specifically the flu, because I was watching it and we had, you know, six or eight episodes of people sick with the flu. And at the time I was thinking, man, oh man, is this flu ever going on a long time? Where are they going with this? What are they going to do? And I didn't really love all the flu stuff at the time. But in retrospect, I realized that that was sort of, you know, it resulted in some in some really good episodes and it got everything going for the season. Because when I thought about it, I thought it gave Herschel his moment to shine, you know, before he got his head chopped off. <clears throat> and it solidified Maggie and Glenn's relationship because he almost died and they really came together as a couple. And I thought that was good. It was the catalyst for, you know, Carol's whole character development. It's what got her going and killing people. And, and then it introduced the mysteries surrounding Lizzie and Mika. So that whole, a lot more happened during the first half of this season when everyone was lying around sick, than I kind of felt mm. like at the time. And that might've just been my own, I don't know, just me not paying attention or something, but uh, you think I would by now. Right. Um, but anyways, I think the flu was a pretty good way to to um, get the season going and get some of these storylines kicked into gear and I guess not have to leave the prison, but they made it mm -hmm. um, they they made it pretty interesting when I when I look back on it. And the the whole I really liked the idea of oh my gosh this could just come from within now, no matter how strong your walls are. And also that the one episode where everything really hit the fan, I think it was the third episode um, was just so thrilling and zombie -rific. And I, it was one of my favorite episodes of the season where they broke through the walls and Carl and Rick had to shoot down a bunch of them and all that. Yeah, that was good. You mean when they had the zombies in the prison after uh, Patrick? turned is his name Patrick yeah 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 uh -huh. yeah that was definitely good I mean y you get to feel pretty safe in a prison with all those fences and walls so they did need a way to get some zombies inside and this mm -hmm. was a pretty good one I, I thought it worked out pretty well hmm. and I guess what the whole thing just kind of blew over the zombies who were infected just got better and their sniffles went away <laughs> yeah I guess so <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're still dead. They're all messed up. <laughs> They're all messed up. What's that clip from? I you guys use that. Night of the Living Dead. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, why don't yeah. I know that? There. I guess it's, it's when they're watching it on news on TV and the sheriff is talking, I think, right, Karen? Yep. They're dead. They're all messed up. <laughs> I guess it's been it. so many years since I've watched that movie that I forgot all about it. It's pretty goofy, but it's great. Yeah. It's great. For sure. Mm. I can remember buying a VHS copy of that movie so long ago probably when i was like a teenager thinking this is the best thing ever i'm gonna watch this all the time and on vhs i'll have it forever <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> in 
in Boston uh, in next month at Walker Shocker Com, they got Judith O'Day and uh, I guess Russ Drainer, who's the one who said, we're coming to get you, Barbara. Cool. They're both going to be there. And when we do their panel, I'm hoping that there's, you know, since it's closer to the convention floor, we'll get a big audience. Unlike with Judith O'Day last time when there were like 10 or 15 people. Right. It's it's definitely more fun with great. big audience. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they deserve it. That's oh, yeah. The seminal zombie movie. All right, everybody, that is 10 through 6. So what you're going to want to do now is tune into the second half of this podcast, which is over on walkingdeadcast.com, where we run down our number 5 through 1 for season 4. Just before um, I let you guys go, I want to take a poll, a really quick poll here. A poll? Mm-hmm. All right. AMC, I'm borrowing this from AMC, they put up a poll on their website for your favorite episode of season four. And um, who does anyone want to take a guess of which episode is in first place? The Grove. The Grove. Anybody I else? I saw that poll. Oh, you saw the poll. So I can't guess. All right. Well, I'm going to say A. A. No, e. actually, when I checked a few hours a. ago, A. Um, it was the Daryl and Beth episode number 12, still. Still, eh? Yeah. Wow. They're wrong. Which really? surprises me. I really liked that episode, but I know a lot of people didn't, and it makes me wonder if some people who really liked it are going on there and voting ten times or something. Oh, uh, you may be right. Um the Grove was in number <laughs> two though, when I when I checked. Yeah. Um I didn't I liked things I really liked things about that episode, but I didn't love it. Um especially the first half. But anyways, do we wanna just uh throw out what our favorite episode of the season was, all of us here right now? The Grove. <laughs> Grove. Karen? Hey. <laughs> Trying to do it Fonzie-like. You got to, right? Um, it's the my, Fonzie episode. Yep. Mine's The Grove, but A and that internment one that I was just talking about are some of the best in the series, I think. But The Grove would have to be my favorite for this season. Yeah, for me, Grove is really up there. But I think the season finale, I think A really uh, pulled it together this this year so um yeah. in the la the bottom t or what, what do you think was at the bottom of the amc poll the, the governor episodes yeah, both of them dead last uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> uh i liked those more than most people in fact quite a lot but uh i would say they're towards the bottom too just because this was such a great season in my view yeah i there's a lot to pick from there is. There's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good episodes this season, and I would probably rank those governor ones pretty low too. So yeah, that's what I am. So I want to rank them by season, but can we do that on our podcast? Yes, of course. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of which, um, just in case anyone doesn't know, guys, tell them where they can find your podcast. You can go to walkingdeadcast.com. The best way is if you just want to find it right on iTunes is go to walkingdeadcast.com slash iTunes and then it'll take you right there. Cool. So tune into that to, to that for uh, for the second half of our top 10. And uh, Jason and I will be right back after a short break with some Walking Dead news. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. 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 Cool.
The Walking Dead News. All right, welcome back to the program, everybody. It's time to do some Walking Dead news. And there are a few items this week, which I think we will just plow right through. Okay. If I could snap on the microphone. The Walking Dead, the game. Made by Telltale Games, there have been some screenshots released for episode number three. And I just wanted to bring them up because I thought they looked really nice. (laughs) Um, They're great screenshots for podcasts, audio-only podcasts. Yeah, exactly. I'll uh, I'll try to remember to post a link to them, uh, but you can see them right here if you want to take a look. Um, they, chapter three is called In Harm's Way, and I would expect a release date coming pretty soon, especially now that some screenshots are coming out. So I don't know if these are exactly gameplay or if they're more like, uh, you know, cutscene kind of thing, but right. they're, they're pretty good. I really like the look of them. There's something about the fidelity of the color and just the, <laughs> the image. It looks really good to me. So these pictures are pretty. They are pretty. They're good. But the point is... Screenshots are out for episode three of season two. Cool. And um, I'm looking forward to it a great deal. I hope it comes soon so we can talk about it here on the podcast. That'd be fun. All right. Um, All right. Season five of the TV show. It is scheduled to start shooting, I believe, Monday, May 5th. So that's... uh, Monday. Monday from right now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So very, very soon. We know this. Well... We what's happening right now is that all the actors or many of them are coming back to Atlanta. They're gathering there. They're getting ready, and they've all been tweeting and posting photos and stuff like that. So they're all getting ready for this big thing to start up again. So it's spring training essentially. So they've all come together. They're uh, sitting around a table. They're reading lines. They're uh, they're doing all their prep work. They're exactly. uh, they're putting their clothes on and and rolling around in the dirt to get them ready. Yeah, that's right. One leg at a time and then right in the dirt. Yeah, and then they roll around. Do you, do you think they make the actors? No, no I, they probably get the, the clothes pre-dirtied before they make the actors put them on. Yes. Um, the costume director, I believe, is a woman named Yulin Womble, mm-hmm. whom I met at Walker Stalker Con in Chicago briefly. And I think she's in charge of, of making everyone look gross. Do you think they have stand-ins for, uh, for, the, for the costumes so that they can you know get them dirty? Here, put this on. I'm going to make it look dirty and... I don't know that you need to have a human being wear the costume to make it look dirty. You probably just need it to, you need to like throw it in the mud a while and then maybe put it on a mannequin. Oh, mannequins. So human yeah. stand-ins. So we have, you know, robots are taking over. Well, yeah. Ro- mannequin robots. Robot mannequins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so then they're all getting back. Um, we've seen tweets and stuff from Stephen Yeun, Andrew Lincoln. They were on a golf course playing, I guess, discussing lines on the golf course. Outside of the actual TV show, I assume. Right. Actually golfing. Yeah. Right. Um, Norman Reedus is there. He's been posting stuff. Large Jr., a.k.a. Lawrence Gilliard Jr., Mm -hmm. Josh McDermott, Michael Cudlitz, they're all arriving. Now, there's one kind of notable exception, and that is Emily Kinney. She seems to be on the road promoting her her music more than anything right now. She was just recently at, I think it's called Calgary Fan Expo. Oh, yeah. Sort of a convention in Calgary. So she's out there doing that, and she hasn't arrived to my knowledge, back in Atlanta yet. So what does that mean? Anything? That means she's not in the first couple of episodes. I would think so. Um, Or she got fired. (laughs) Or they've recast her, yeah. (laughs) They've recast her. (laughs) I hope that's not the case, but it probably means that she's not in the first couple of episodes. 
And that's going to mean, I guess, that we won't know what's going on with Beth for a little while after season five starts, which is probably an okay thing. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not, it doesn't worry me or anything. No, no, no. Um, but if you're really anxious to find out what happens with Beth, you may not. But then again, we have so much going on with everybody in the boxcar that it almost makes sense that you wouldn't start with Beth. You'd start with, um, you'd start with what they're doing. Yeah. Now, having said that, she could come a week later and still probably film scenes for the first episode. So, well, maybe she's so freaking awesome that uh, she doesn't need to spend time discussing lines on the golf course. She can just show up and bang, 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 get her lines done and get the heck out of there. Uh, you know, you guys go ahead and uh, finish all that uh, that work that you're doing. I'm going to Cabo. <laughs> I'm going back to play a show, more like. I'm it. going to Calgary. <laughs> yeah, woo, Calgary. Hey, I, I like Calgary. Calgary's a nice place. It's all right. It's okay. It's better than Regina. Sorry, I've, I've never been to Regina. Sorry, Saskatchewan. I've, <laughs> I've seen it looking down on it from an airplane, but that's about it. It probably looks really nice from way up there. It it does, but you know what the worst thing about flying uh, over cities and towns and stuff in an airplane? No, they're not labeled. Oh, you yeah. know, when you're on Google Earth, you got labels. You, see, you can see what street names there are and what, uh, oh, that's a town and all oh, that's the name of the lake and that kind of stuff. When you're in a plane looking down, stuff ain't labeled and it's really frustrating. Yeah, it's. I've had that experience where you've looked out the window of a plane and you think, that's got to be some city, but you could be way off. Yeah. At least me. I'm not good enough with the geography. Oh, look, it's Regina. No, buddy, it's Anchorage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd be that confused, <laughs> but Regina or Saskatoon? pretty close by. Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw's right there. See? They're not labeled. Well, somebody's got to work on that. Sorry, I completely derailed what you were saying. No, that's it. Beth hasn't showed up yet, and uh, that may or may not mean anything, but the point is, everyone else is getting back to Atlanta, right. and season five gets underway shooting on Monday, it sounds like. Maybe she's late. Maybe like her lawyers are calling her every five minutes saying, get on a plane, get down here. Your call sheet says you got to be on set at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. She's like, no, I'm playing a gig. I'll see you on Thursday. You know, I mean, you got to think that The Walking Dead is what really pays her bills. I mean, her music is great. Her concerts are fantastic. But it's hard to sell. It's hard to make a living selling albums, right? I, I think what I, the point I'm trying to make is that we really have no idea what's going on. Well, that's... If people don't know that by now, <laughs> there's only so many ways we can tell them. Clue in, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, two more items in the news. And one of them is kind of exciting, that Norman Reedus is making a book of fan art. Oh. Yeah, he did a book. He did an art book last year, too, that I don't know that we ever talked about because, I, I don't know, Norman Reedus's art didn't do a lot for me. But now he's making a book of fan art, which I think is interesting. I think it's interesting for Dave. I already let Dave know. That's fantastic. I did. I hope he submitted his uh, his Daryl comic because that would be really fun to get in there. I gave Norman Reedus um, Darryl, Dave's comic when I met him at Fan Expo last year. Oh, God. Or whenever the hell that was. And he, you know, he said he really liked it, but he says that to everybody. But then- well, Yeah, he would say that. <clears throat> all the art that he was getting from people, because frankly, people give him a lot of stuff, he was putting it up on the wall behind him. So Dave's stuff was up there for the weekend and- Maybe it'll make the book. So, but well, that'd be fantastic. Hopefully, uh, you know, you have to con. He would contact the artist to get permission to do this. So, hopefully, all of the art that he gets that he wants to put in there has information associated with it, so that he can correctly identify right. and contact the appropriate artist. Yeah, and I think you actually have to submit it 
since the announcement. Like he's not going back. Oh, I see. Yeah. Just going, I like that piece. I'm going to put it in my book. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going back to stuff he already has. Because that's what he sounds like. (laughs) I like that piece. I like that piece. I got to put it in my book. (laughs) (laughs) He really does a good job with his voice on the show in that case. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but he had he said this. He said, love you guys. I've decided to make a book of the artwork you've made me over the years and new stuff with your permission, of course. So if anyone out there is interested in sending their work into Norman Reedus, he wants you to email it to bigbaldbook1 at gmail.com. Bigbaldbook1 at gmail.com. Right. And he says the deadline is May 13th. So you've only got Holy about- crap. 10 days, 11 days from right now to do that. I'm so. draw something when I get home. You should, man. That'd be all. Can you imagine if you just scribbled some Daryl Dixon stuff and it made it? That'd be wicked. Okay, yeah, not likely. <laughs> it's going to be a stick figure with like uh, a beard of some kind. Maybe a crossbow. And, and an emo haircut because he found uh, hair dye. Daryl Dixon f- finds hair dye <laughs> on a regular basis. Yes, he does. Um, okay, so if you're an artist, get your stuff in. I think it would be... I, I hope Dave's uh, Dave's comic makes the cut because that would be amazing. That'd be awesome. Totally awesome. All right. Uh, a few season five quick hits here. These are mostly just quotes from people who have had something to say about season five, and you can probably guess what's coming here, Jason. Okay. Norman Reedus had this to say. Season five is going to be just completely insane. Wait a minute. We should do it in his voice. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> Uh, he goes on to say, I sort of knew I needed like a good month to just rest, to to rest and jump in. The storyline they're throwing me is a thousand miles an hour. That sounds painful. <laughs> you get hit by anything at a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. And you're not Here, gonna... Here's your lines. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. So it's going to be fast and it's going to be insane. Huh. That sounds good. Fast and crazy. Scott Gimple said... I would say that these next eight episodes are going to be a little more action heavy with a lot of big twists. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Mr. Gimple, thank you. I accept your statement. And Robert Kirkman says, people have reunited in that train car at the end, but Tyrese, Carol, and Judith are still out there. I think we're going to go to a pretty unexpected direction with that one. I, I agree with the first two statements. Yeah, those are just facts. <laughs> yes. Definitely just I facts. I agree with the facts that he uh, highlighted in what his ab- statement. What about I think we're going to go in a pretty unexpected direction with that one? Referring uh, to Tyrese, Carol, and Judith. I have a hard time expecting what's going to happen, so I have a hard time imagining what would be the unexpected option. Well, everyone expects them to show up at Terminus and uh, be thrown into a boxcar. Okay, so maybe they go to you know Washington D.C. and they look around for Eugene and they're like, "Where the hell are you, pal?" Because they were going that way. They never, they don't even know of them. They don't even know about them. No. So that'd be weird. That'd be really unexpected. <laughs> Where's <would>. Eugene? <laughs> it really would. It's it's got to come down to them arriving at Terminus, but this the usual. A uh, series of events does not take place. They're going to be accepted as uh, part of the group. They're going to be, you know, in, indoctrinated into the Terminus uh, constituents or, the, the you know, the regular population. They're not going to be treated as food or put into a boxcar. I think they're going to be accepted as part of the group. And they're going to be like, okay, we're going to sit down to a Thanksgiving meal and uh, they're going to bring out Eugene or something. And, oh, actually, not somebody even, they know. It has to be somebody they know. <laughs> man, I got stuck on Eugene. Yeah. Uh, so you know, Rick shows up on a spit, 
and uh, Carol gets pretty pissed going, I got to release Rick, but you know, really he's mad at me. And the last time uh, uh, Tyrese saw him, they had a fight. So, but then, then there's Judith, so who knows what's going to happen. But I, that's what I think is going to happen is that uh, they're not just going to show up and be thrown in the boxcar. They're going to show up and become uh, part of the group. I wonder, that's actually an interesting idea that they, they'd show up and not be, again, like they wouldn't be funneled in. I wonder why, I wonder if Terminus does that ever. Like, I wonder if they have any sort of scenario for people we take in to eat and people we take in to become part of the group. Well, maybe they just morally draw a line at, uh, we don't eat babies. Could be. I wonder if Mary offering everyone food as soon as they get there is a test. If you eat the food, you're with us. If you don't eat the food, you're in the boxcar. Right. Or something like that. So you show up and they go, are you hungry? Would you like a plate? And you're like, yeah, do you have any feet? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just like eat the food and then they tell you what it is and you're like, and if you're not, you know, appalled, shocked and appalled by that, that's the test. If you eat people and you're okay with it, then you can join our group. It's the other, other white meat. Right. Exactly. I don't know. I think, I think that might be, that might be it right there. The food is a test. Right. That's how they determine who they're going to eat. Because you wouldn't think they'd eat everybody that came in. They'd need to, they want to grow the group a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. Or Tyrese and them are going to be like just outside the fence and they can see something going on and they can see their friends. Who knows? Maybe they're the only ones that show up and go, yeah, I don't trust these guys. Uh, Let's not go down there. Let's just go, you know, somewhere else. And they turn around and walk away. They go to Macon. Screw it. We're going to Macon. <laughs> yeah, they head for Savannah. Yeah. That's near the coast, I think. Um, And there you go. That's Those are the season five quick hits that I have for this week. Cool. And that's it. There's not a lot of news, but there was a few things that I just wanted to, uh, to get out there. And that is going to wrap up the podcast for this week. So here's the schedule for the next little while. Yeah, what are we doing here? May the 19th. That will be our next episode, and that will be our Larry Gilliard Jr. Spotlight. Nice. So you've got a couple of weeks to watch all the stuff uh, for him. I've for that. seen like three quarters of it already. You you should rewatch just to remind yourself. Well, I okay. Just saying. I, I accept that. I have to watch. I have a lot of watching. Yeah, to do. you catch up, man. May the twenty sixth. That would be the next week. We're going to review Fall of the Governor Part Two. Right. So you got some reading to do. Listening. Listening. I'm a third of the way through that already. So. That will be on May 26th. After that, Saturday, June 7th, will be our live call-in show. Oh, that one's going to be fun. That will definitely be fun. We will make sure we get all the details like timing and all that sort of stuff out about that as soon as we can. Sorry, when is that? Saturday, June 7th. Okay. Got it? Uh, Mark that down on your calendar. Yeah, I'm just wondering if that falls on my vacation. I know we picked it already, but then I just... Anyway, I'm good. It's a Saturday. Either way, you should be off work. Well, I'll be off work. That's for sure. All yeah, right. I'm good. And that's all we got scheduled right now. After the next episode, after that, I'm hoping though we can review the Telltale game, the episode two and three of season two. But since we don't know when episode three comes out yet, I'm just not sure when that's going to happen. Right. But hopefully, it will be shortly after that call-in show in June. And now that those screenshots are out there, people are expecting a release date to come pretty soon, probably. So uh, that will be that. And then after that. Who knows where we'll go. We'll definitely do some more actor spotlights and uh, plow right on through into the summer. Cool. Okay. That was a lot of fun. Big thanks to Jason and Karen for doing our annual wrap-up crossover once again. Yeah. It's always fantastic. Always fun to hang out with those guys. And uh, 
If you want to get in contact with us because you heard something on the show that's just got your blood boiling, yeah, you can give us a call at one 483 9662 You can also go to our website and click the send voicemail button. That is a really good way to do it. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. Um, lots of good stuff going on over there. You can also send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. So tune in on on or after May 19th for our spotlight on Large Junior. Large Junior. <laughs> Which I do I do like that. Do That's you? a good nickname. That's good. Him. And uh, until then, it's been awesome, everyone. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.